my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Hi, everyone. Spring is almost here, and I have just the thing to help you head into the season in style. My spring box is filled with my favorite fashion and beauty items, all curated to make you feel polished and put together. There's a chic bag, chain link jewelry, soothing skincare, and so much more. Altogether, this collection of products is valued at over $600. But when you sign up for an annual membership by February 13th, you'll pay just $3.99 for an entire year. You'll start with my spring box, then receive new curations in summer, fall. Don't wait. Sign up now at curator.com. That's C-U-R-A-T-E-U-R.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Rachel Zoe, and you're listening to Climbing in Heels. This show is all about celebrating the most extraordinary superwomen who will be sharing their incredible journeys to the top, all while staying glamorous. Today on the pod, I'm talking to one of the most talented and badass celebrity stylists, Danny Michelle. Her clients include just a few people that you've heard of, Hailey Bieber, Kendall Jenner, Elsa Hosk, just to name a few. Danny has carved out a pretty incredible career in fashion and her story is so inspiring in general but of course especially if you are interested in fashion styling or just the editorial world her new jewelry line mega is so perfect i literally wear her pieces almost every day i always love chatting with another stylist it's really just like revisiting you know my past and i just love her passion i love her love for the game her work ethic. She's so impressive. So let's get into it. So I just want to first, without digging too much into your early, early beginnings, like what on earth made you start to do this? And like, at what point, like where, where did you grow up? First of all? So I grew up really in Potomac, Maryland, but mm-hmm. I went to school in DC. My friends lived in DC. My worked in DC. So I felt like DC was my home. It's what I always say. Mm-hmm. So I'm an, I'm an East Coast girl. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. 
<laughs> that that definitely makes sense. But by the way, sorry, DC, but I would never consider it a fashion city. No, no. <laughs> However, I really think that it plays a huge role in my perspective in fashion because we had a huge music scene. Mm -hmm. So it was like the minute I could rebel and I had a very like liberal high school. So we were going to concerts on Tuesday nights of like some of the best bands, like, like things, people that headline Coachella, you know, 2008, 2010, were like, I was in a small hundred person little room with them. Mm -hmm. And so I had this huge like influence of music. And then at the same time I had this really like manicured, sophisticated perspective of like, you know, a very proper upbringing. Mm -hmm. So I feel like those two definitions of being like, really poised and polished and then also being like a rebel and and unique like come together and that was a huge part of being in dc for me so you come from a family that's uh, a little more like traditional and proper oh yeah like holidays like skirts had to be below my knees like nothing could show from like neck to anywhere like stop shakes, elbows off the table you know really like, yeah. Okay. See, I, I would, I like, would never get that. I would never get that from you. You do not it, give off um, that vibe. My family was Southern and it was just like very expect, like high expectations of like, you know, where you come from and mm -hmm. how you need to act lady. and in a really positive way, you know, yeah. with really strong ethics and morals, you know, which quite frankly, I crave and, um, you know, I actually took my kids out of a very progressive school and put them in a very traditional school because I actually really, I just, I love manners. I do. <laughs> I love manners. And I, and I love when people look at you when you say hello to them. I do. I do like that. I do. But I do think, I, but I think there's, I think there's a balance, you know, I think there's a balance. Yeah. Like I think the kids that I, I don't want to speak to people that like, I feel like you always rebel from what, of course. you know, like, of course. whatever you were. But of course. I think that as long as we started in a really, like, if we, if we had a really good upbringing, then you find your path where mm -hmm. you're supposed to be and you go somewhere. You find your own world. Okay. But I really love my upbringing and I'm super grateful for, for that space that it gave me. And so when did you leave, when did you leave DC, Maryland? Like, were you like, I'm out of here. I don't want to live here forever. Or were you like maybe I should try. <laughs> I listen, like I went to the same school from kindergarten until I was 18 to senior year. Mm -hmm. And then I went to university. My, I was going to go to NYU. I was like, NYU, that's what I Me too. That's Me all. Too. Me too. And then I went to you. Did you go to NYU? No, my parents wouldn't let me. They said, New York's not going anywhere. See it when you get back. You're not staying here. <laughs> Where'd you go? I went to D I went to George Washington because they were like, okay. well, they well, I said okay, I'll go to LA, and they were like, fuck, no, you're not. They were like, because you will never come home. We will never see you again. Absolutely not. Okay. So like, no, no New York City and no LA. So I was like, okay. okay. Um, what'd you say? Where are you from? I'm from New York and New Jersey, from Short Hills. Okay. Oh my god. So my mom. My mom moved to Livingston, um, so I know <laughs> Next door, you know it. Oh, my God, yeah. that's so funny. That's why. So I went to UM just to, like, hang out with a friend that was already in college, mm -hmm. and I got to this campus that was, like, straight out. It looked like Saved by the Bell to me. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, grass and palm trees and fountains, and I was like, I think 
say the by dream. the bell the call. Literally. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I went there and loved it. I made like great friends that I'm still girlfriends with today and um and had like an awesome experience because it was very like in a city. So we went yeah. to Miami all the time and I feel like I have this like beautiful few years where I was like partly a child and partly an adult. You yeah. know, I had yeah. a job. And I went out and I was in the city, but then I also like fell back into my college life and college campus and mm-hmm. yeah, it was the perfect mix. I feel like of like transition from child to adult. That's what I always say about college. To be honest, for me, like the biggest purpose that college served for me was growing up, like learning yeah. to be like independent because otherwise you go from being a kid kind yeah. of owned and governed by your parents into the real world. Right. Yeah. And you're like, ah, you know, like, so and just go to these and again, not to speak on someone else's experience, but like, if you're just in these small towns where you just live a school life, it probably is like a shock to live like adult life versus school life. And yeah. I really also love, you know, I believe everything happens as it should. And I think that it was a great school for me as far as the transition of my life. And then you were like, okay, so New York, here I come. I'm coming. Cause so that was like, okay, I'm going to go to New York because everyone from DC goes to New York. That's like the natural progression. Of course. And I had interned in New York at the time I got internship at 17 magazine, which was like, you know, 20 years ago, that was it. Oh, and I was, was at like, YM. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Oh my God. That, that, that was my, it was it's my only job I ever had. My only job I ever had. I worked at, I worked at YM Magazine, and I started as a fashion assistant in the closet three days a week, and then I left as senior fashion editor, and I went freelance at 25. Mm-hmm. Only yeah. job. Only wow. job I ever had. It was yeah, 17. I was in the accessories department, and one day, like, I was the first to get there, the last one to leave, not because I was trying to prove something, just because I was, like, so into it, mm-hmm. and one day, they had to bring someone to set, and they were, like, she's coming to set, and I didn't even know what the word set meant, I just, <laughs> I was, like, okay, you know, and I got to set, and someone was, they were, they were having a photo shoot, they were dressing, you know, the models, and mm-hmm. I was, like, this is a job, like, to tell people <laughs> what to wear, it's like, called the sitting, was- at the time, it was the sittings editor, yeah. And I wanted to write that magazine. That's like what I really had wanted to do. I love writing. And that's where I thought my, my career would go. And I would work at a magazine because I thought if you wanted to work in fashion, mm-hmm. you wrote for a magazine. I don't know how, how the photos got there. I don't even know what I thought. But it, and I think that when you and I spoke, like, it was such a different time that like, no one talked about a stylist. We didn't know what it was. And nope. your show which was in 2008 was the year mm-hmm. I graduated. It all came at this like perfect storm of like, I knew I wanted to be it. And then you showed the world what it was. Mm-hmm. And you kind of created this lane for us to be, for it to be spoken about. So at that point when I was interning is when I learned about being a stylist and I was like, okay, that's what I'll go do. And that's what I want to do. And I'll do that in New York. But before I do that, like I'm going to go to like LA and have one year in LA kind of like, before I become an adult, like transition right. from like, I don't, I just felt like I was going to have this one year and then I've never left. <laughs> <laughs> I've never left. No way. And, and were you single? Were you single when you came to LA? I had never been here before. Did not know one person Get here. Get out of here. Yeah. And I, and I got this apartment off of a MySpace, this girl. This girl had this really great, like, you know, fashion music, mm-hmm. MySpace blog. And I was like, she needed a roommate and I took the spot. How wild is that? See, when I moved here, I had, 
I had a whole life here because I had spent, I moved here because I was spending like 80% of my time here styling. So I was like, why am I going back and forth? I've always wanted to live here. And here I am 20 years later. So it kind of eats you that way. <laughs> it's crazy that you're interviewing me because the first time we met, like I was asking you a million questions and <laughs> you were so I, I, I hope there's an episode where you've told your whole story so I can go watch it because for like a week, I like kept thinking about everything you were saying. Your story is so incredible oh, and so, so sweet, legendary. Really, the experience you have is so legendary. And when you write a book, I will be the first to buy it or whatever. I have two. That's what I'm sending oh, you. When we hang up, I'm gonna send you. Oh. I'm gonna send you Style A to Z and Living in Style. And oh no um, no no, I have Style A to Z. Oh. I bought that because that came. <laughs> That came out, what, a decade ago? It came out when you graduated. It, it came out, I yeah, think, uh, my first book, I want to say it was 2008 or 2009, and then 2012 or 13, because I was pregnant with Caius. So, um, I no, think, I yeah. definitely bought your first book. Like, you mean my next book. book? Yeah, like, is there a book where you tell? I don't remember what that no. book was, but I definitely. I don't like, think I have. Everyone wants me to do a tell-all, but it's like I'd get arrested. That's I can't. Like, like I could do one without names or I could, all the names. you know, Just tell us the story. here's the thing. It's interesting because it, it is kind of interesting because it's very similar. My story is similar to yours in the way that I, like, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Right. And so then I think at the end of the day, I sort of fell into it, fell in love with it. Definitely did not know what a stylist was. And to your point, the reason I started this show was because it was actually the last thing I said I'd ever do, right? Like never in, a, in any life would I want a camera on me, like put it on the client. That's what I do. And then I was like, you know what? Why is everyone so, so confused about this industry? Like there has to be some democratization of what this is. It has to be more relatable to more people, you know, and I have to explain the genius of the designers behind the curtain because they are genius and that's why everybody looks this way, you know? And so I, I don't know, that was sort of the goal of it. And I think for me to hear you and so many other amazing, you know, young stylists that I, that I adore sort of want to, or, or be more motivated to become a stylist from that is like, for me, that's, there's no better reward that I could get for ever doing it because whew, it's a hard five years, but <laughs> It's not easy it's to do. It's remarkable, though. Like, You're so sweet. It, it's just really unbelievable. Like, even for me, like, it's like, for me, it, it is not past me that I'm speaking to, like, You're the legend herself. You're right the now. cutest. Well, let's talk about you. So, okay. So, here you are. You graduate. You move to L.A., and you basically think you're going for a year to just do this and become a stylist because you now that you've figured out what it is. So you move to LA, you get this room from a rando person on MySpace, which is just, you know, wild. But people do do that. I mean, listen, you know, Jen Atkins story. She like rolled here in a car and was like with like $300 or something and like lived in her car. And here she is. Like you didn't even know, like you didn't have a client at that point. So like, what are you doing? Uh, and by the way, wait, important question here, because I think this is very important. Like you didn't have a client, right? You came to LA because to me, that's actually terrifying. And your parents, were they like, my daughter's lost her mind? Like, because a no. lot of parents do not support the insanity, right? But you have the bug, right? And, you know, you said you're, you didn't really go by the same rules. So you sort of were like, so you're this like wild fashion card. 
<laughs> I think that, I mean, I know that I have always been so driven and mm -hmm. I've always like sought after something and like, and, and made okay. it happen. Yeah. I think that my mom trusted that she raised me well and that I would make the right decisions. And that if this was something I was after, she would encourage me to chase whatever I was looking for. Right. Um, we were speaking every day. She was like, she was the phone call I made every day. She right. knew what I was doing. And I didn't really, I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew that like, I wanted to see this part of my life because I kind of felt that I was going to go to New York, get an apartment, get a life and like, just mm -hmm. live in New York. Life. I was like, before I just start my entire next chapter of my life, let me have like one little adventure. Mm -hmm. And, and she supported that. I, I don't think anyone thought I wasn't coming back. Like right. no one thought I, I thought we were, I was just going to LA for a year, but I moved here. And then, I mean, listen, everything I always believe like happens for a reason at its right time. And like randomly the neighbor in the building um, worked at the Jim Henson lot and was like, there's a stylist that needs an assistant. And I don't know if you know, Michelle Tomachevsky, mm -hmm. um, anyone who does know or has worked with her, she is like one of the nicest human beings. I was like blessed with this like incredible human to, sh she threw me in the deep end. We were doing, um, her client was the Jonas brothers mm -hmm. and they were like, yeah, the, on the, fire. They were on fire. It's like and my it was, Backstreet Boys. <laughs> literally. Yeah. And it was, um, you know, talk shows, music videos, photo shoots, like, you know, private planes, everything. It was just like at the top level, immediately in the deep end. And she was just like the nicest human that did business the right way. And everywhere I went, I would be like, hi, I'm here for Michelle. And they'd be like, oh, we love her. Like, isn't she the best? Amazing. Like, and I saw that respect and I respected her even more. The sure. way that she treated me, the way she treated other people, the way that she was her reputation. Like I was like, this is, I, I was this just so in awe. Mm -hmm. It made me want to work so much harder. All I wanted to do was like be the best I could for her because she was being the best she could be. And it was just like the best environment. And I learned so much. And like still today when she like likes my photos and I'm like, you're still cheering. <laughs> me That's the dream, by the way. Well, yeah. it's the dream to have someone like you and then, and then in turn to support and, and cheer for you when you, when yeah, you fly. I, mean, it, <laughs> I knew that's like exactly how I wanted to be. Um, and I've really never like faltered from that. It's like being kind is like the number one thing on my like requirement list. Should always be and should never yeah. change no matter how brutal it could get <laughs> and does get. Yeah. Yeah. You have to like... I yeah. I mean, I truly believe like yelling at someone doesn't make them want to like work harder. It probably shuts people down, you know, and like getting mad, it, it, it doesn't bring anything positive, right? You have to work through it, find solutions. You have to encourage them like say like, it's okay moving forward. Like just work to be your best team, your best self. And like, I think that will, in my opinion, push people to then be their best selves, you oh, know? Nice. Well, yeah, it didn't in my case, but I... <laughs> But but I'm so happy it does for you because because I'm hoping that it's a bit of a new world. You know, for me, it's been it's so fun to watch you do your thing because, you know, I hadn't known you. And then when I met you, I was like, she's such like a cutie. Like she's so meaning like for me, it's it's you know, people always ask me like, 
how did you become Rachel? So why you? Why did da da da? And Roger would always answer that like, well, she outworked everybody. She never looked at the clock. She never thought of it as a job. She did 10, 10x extra because that was what the client needed at the time, or that's what she felt the client needed, right? And I don't know any of that other than I loved it so much that it was all I could do, right? And so when I, when I meet someone like you, I get so sort of like, I remember coming home that night and saying to my husband, like, I met like the cutest girl. I was like, I was like, she styles all the girls. I was like, but she loves what she does. You know, she like loves it. It's like, she loves it. She has the like sparkle in her eye. She had like, you could tell, you could spot people like that. That's the thing. There's people that do things because it's a job and there's people that do things because they live and die for it. You know? And I think that there's, a different way that people motivated by the passion and genuine love for the job end up working, right? And um, and truthfully end up succeeding, right? And so I think with you, it's it's very obvious that you love it. So what are like, were there ever any moments, so you end up coming here, you never leave, you end up working for Michelle, which is the dream to work for an incredible stylist, because I always say like, it's boot camp, right? And especially when you work in music specifically, it's boot camp. That was my train. That was honestly my training. I went freelance and right into Britney and Backstreet and Jessica Simpson and InSync and all all of all of that. And, it, and Enrique and Enrique. And it was just like, as you said, like limitless budgets, music videos, album covers, private planes. You're going to Monaco for 24 hours. You're flying here for three hours. Then you're getting back. It was like, I definitely aged like 20 years in five years and I definitely didn't sleep. And it was the most insane amount of money. It was the most insane, like working out. It was just always working. Right. And, um, but I will say it it was the grad school. It was the grad school for styling. It was because you had to be prepared for everything. Right. Yeah. I want to hear those stories, Rachel. So bad. There are so many stories. There are so many stories. Which is crazy. Like someone just asked me something yesterday and I'm like, like, I can't, Some I, there was a country, I've, I've been to Croatia and I can't even remember going to Croatia. Oh like, my God. That happened to me the other day. Someone was like, oh my God, I'm dying to go to Prague. And then literally like someone goes, Rachel, didn't you go there for like a Brad Pitt shoot? And I'm like, I did. I actually went there. I did go there. I was there for two weeks. What was your favorite part? I'm like, I remember a bridge and a hotel. And, and literally that's it. A bridge and a hotel. There's so much. I always say is that because we're like so detail oriented, like in my office, there's thousands of pieces and I could like tell you a backstory about Same. each one of the things, what job they came from. Like, Same. like sometimes when we do like purges, and I'm like, no, 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 you guys. I'm like, this piece. I'm like, I have such insane short term. Like, there is nothing you could ask me that I wouldn't know going on that I think that it's like for my my long term has like. Yeah. It, gone away. it <laughs> won't come back to you till people interview you. Like, and, and all of a sudden it's a little bit of like, this is your life. Like, they'll be like, yeah. Rachel, you did this and you did this album and you were here dressing them for this. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I was. <laughs> You're right. I was. You're absolutely right. I was. And it's so funny. Like sometimes you have those moments, but it does, it did teach me sort of like as I move forward in work, like try to like, 
try to experience it. You know what I mean? Try to, but it's hard. You can't because it's, it's yeah. like this. And especially when, you know, being a stylist, you're in the service business, right? So it's, it's, you, you almost take your whole self out. You just go, what do you need? Who needs this? What da, 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 right? Like, and it's, it's, it's like flashes of light. Yeah. <laughs> that honestly is like such a, like an important sentence because I think a lot of people a forget that like I know. service business do. from the perspective of like how hard we give. Like sometimes when I come home, I'm just so drained because my whole day is is emotionally, mentally, and creatively giving to other people. Uh-huh. And I think that also like for the younger generation that forgets like this is a really hard job. It is really, really hard, difficult. And I think that going back to what you said, it's like only the people that like are really passionate about it and that are not just chasing the money, but chasing their creativity and their relationships and the connections and like the moments is like when, when they'll succeed because um, you have to give it 110% and it takes a lot, a lot out of you. Yep. So it's like, you have to be really dedicated and really want it and, and really care. And you are married, correct? I am. Tell me everything. So where did you meet Prince Charming? We met. It's like a, it's like another whole podcast on itself. So I'll keep it really short. <laughs> it's that we met at a dinner party. I was on a first date and he was on a second date. I showed up like on the back of this motorcycle, this Italian man. And he was like, I came out in my Rachel. I took the helmet off. I like shook my hair. So like my hair wasn't flat. And he saw me and he was like, I want a woman like that one day. <laughs> and I saw him. He did this magic trick. And I was like. He did a magic a- trick? Yeah, he did a magic Get trick out. on me while using his date as like his, his <laughs> helper, you know? So she was like, I knew you always had a thing for her. But either way, that night we like super connected, but we stayed dating our people. It went on for about a year. Finally, about a year later, um, it was after like a fashion event that we ran into each other. I was like, I'm going to Hemingway's. And I was like, you should come. And I was like, live a little bit. And he came and we like danced all night. And then we had told each other that we had feelings for each other. And then eventually I told the guy that I was dating. I said, like, I'm so sorry. I have feelings for someone else. And he was like, actually, he was like, and he was such a beautiful human. And he was so like, it was exactly what I needed that time in my life. And I'm so grateful for that relationship. But he was like, you know what? He was like, I see that for you. And I think that you're going to marry him. And I was like. Oh, he like totally gave me his blessing. And then fast forward, we got married. That's wild. What he said, he goes, he either said, I think you're going to have his baby one day, or I think you're going to get married. One of the two. He did one of those things, but gave me full blessing. Wow. And you did have a baby. Yeah, we had a baby. a boy, right? Three, yeah. Oh my God. Which I also asked you about when we met, because I was like so sure that I need to have a girl and having a boy is like the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Um, it's a love affair that is indescribable I don't know what else to say (laughs) believable and he just entered the cuddle phase he's never wanted to cuddle it started two nights ago (sighs) I just got like my first like in bed like under the arm like wrapped around you yes like mommy bear baby bear cuddle (laughs) in this morning I got out of bed he literally said don't leave me here (laughs) like I it just happened two nights ago and it's like incredible well I'm gonna make you feel better mine is almost 13 and my little one has just turned 10 and they're both under my arms still wrapped around me literally every night every night and every morning so the baby sleeping with you still on the down low (laughs) on the down low I would say sometimes they start there sometimes they just end up there 
you know, yeah. and I think Roger just stopped fighting it sometime midway. He was like, you know, I, okay. I'll send you this video that I just saw the other day that actually said like the reason why babies are in your bed is because where they're supposed to be. And you're every time that they wake up scared and you cuddle them, you're creating this sense of safety for them mm -hmm. that will be so ingrained in their future. Mm -hmm. So like, don't, don't not do it because you're not supposed to. If your baby needs you to comfort them, comfort them. I, so like, well, I will do it until they go to college if they let me. <laughs> I will. I'm such a sicko. I literally cannot let go of them. They make everything better. They make me yeah. just happy. They actually told me that I should go back to styling. They go, mommy, the way you talk about styling, mommy, you should do it again someday. And yeah, yeah and it's funny. They go... You know, you style us, but I feel like you probably want to put pretty long dresses on. Stop. <laughs> so sweet. Well, they haven't yeah. seen my show. Skylar's begging me to watch it. And I'm like, Ugh. oh, stop. I don't think I'm there yet. I think there's too much, you know, <laughs> you know. I, I have gone back. Like, I think after I met you that night, I was like, go <laughs> so back. I was like, I'm going to watch an episode. <laughs> Uh, it's wild in your studio and the dresses got wet mm -hmm. that was one of the I'm worst sure. days of my life <laughs> it was one of the worst days of my life and you know there were many but I you know I mean when it rained on the globes and I had five clients in long gowns and then every single picture of every single one of them was holding an umbrella holding the train up and I was like I quit <laughs> you know it's so weird because I had so much of my life and my emotion. I think if I like watch it, it's just going to be like a, this is your life kind of thing. Because like you said, it's a bit of a blackout for me, this show, it was such a hard thing to do because I was working like you're working now, right? I was styling, but I was also like, I started my media business and these other things, but then I had to shoot the show like five days a week. And it, and it was sort of like, not, it, it took nine months, you know? And so it was just mental. And I would just be like, I need to work. Like I actually need to do my job, you know, but in hindsight, what it meant to people and what it did for people for me makes every bit of it worth it truthfully, because it really, to know that it had an impact on, you know, people like you or people going through the hardest time in their lives and couldn't get out of bed, you know, things like that for me, helped me reprioritize the purpose of what I was doing you know what I mean yeah. and and I think like it it definitely I think in hindsight really helped redirect and focus my real mission for everything I do in my job and and for the brand and everything about it and and what I want to always do for women right and so I think like with styling I just felt like it was, like you said, it was like this unknown thing, right? And so I think for people like you now that are bringing, you know, these women that are so, they love you and they support you, right? And these girls are like your friends. And I think, you know, it's such an intimate relationship being a stylist. And I was so personally invested in it, you know? And like you said, I think it's hard because I think when you love it that much and you care about it that much, and you care about the people so much, right? It's yeah. like, it's not a fake best friend, right? It's like, you're in there, you're in the studio. Like I would sit with my clients till three in the morning and we would have like 
you know, champagne to tea to breakfast to this to that and like 40 outfits later and like play dress up and all the things. And then, you know, and then these looks would come out of it, like born out of those moments, you know, and it and it's incredibly rewarding, you know, in the sense of like when your client looks at you and was like, uh, we did it or like I've never felt so beautiful or like that was a great one or like, you know, don't you just aren't those the pinch me moments for me? Those were the pinch me moments, you know? One thousand percent. I always say that, like, for me, the only like I don't read comments. I don't read like. No, any you can't. Them. You can't. You can't. I really don't. The only thing that matters to me is that they're happy. Sure. And when they tell you that they're happy or they felt like a million bucks or that they are like we slay, like any of those things, I like. That's when I'm just like, oh, like it'll change my whole day. Like I'm so happy when they're happy, and like I know, like that's a sign of like real love, you know. Or really? it's just like listen. I think at the end of the day, you're living your dream. Now you launched a jewelry line called Mega, which I personally love. Um, and like I literally opened it and put it on. And um, so I think now, like obviously starting the jewelry line, you're starting to, I think, look at, okay, the, so what's another passion and what am I doing, right? Because it's, it's a big jump, right? Like whenever you start to divert from what you're doing, you're like, okay, this is scary, but I'm doing it. It felt like the right thing for me because I really feel like I found my place in fashion where mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. I think that creating a fashion line would have been, no. it would have been so conflicting to my creativity. And I think that I've always been passionate about jewelry for me. Like it's super sentimental and it's, it's what I've like splurge on when I like want something to like signify something. Like mm -hmm. for me, I, I asked for jewelry for graduation, for, you know, my 30th birthday, for my 35th birthday, mm -hmm. anything that's significant to me, my push gift, Valentine's Day, like all I want are a little, I get usually like a ring or something. I feel like I would, I would stack them all up. Right. Each of those little pieces were like memories and accomplishments and meaningful parts of my timeline. And that's how it really started with me stacking a bunch of rings because everything really had a backstory of like a meaning to me. And I just felt like, you know, my mom is a jewelry designer for the past 10 years. She pivoted after she sold her business and it just always felt like something sentimental and personal to me. And it felt like just a no brainer of like where I should be and what I should be doing. And so my mom and I partnered on this together. She does all production and I do creative and we bounce obviously like ideas together, but, um, that's she's my friend. so fun. It's that really is exciting. so much fun. I did and not talk, know that we even talk more every day. So it's great. <laughs> I did not know that. So why the name mega? So Vogue had called me a megawatt stylist. And that was like uh... one of those like, moments where I was like, did you read that? <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> and I and I even had to like Google it. I was like, what does Megawatt mean? Because I know this sounds <laughs> like, you know, a title, but like let me just read into it. And it was it was after that article where I was like, what am I doing with myself? Like right. what is next? You know? And so when I was putting together all my creative boards and um, you know, every folder, I would just put mega because that's just kind of like that was like that moment where I was like, okay, let's let's do something. Mm -hmm. And so all of my folders and we did so much like, you know, those like name searching mm -hmm. diagrams. I mean, I was doing French, I was doing, and, and 
we did mega in French, but I, I speak French and I was doing Italian. I was doing everything and I was just trying to find the right word. And I kept coming back to mega because for me, it just felt like so like large than life, one of a kind, strong, bold, like the four letters was just so crisp to me. And it felt like who the woman was, was yeah. someone that was like minimal, but strong and, and bold and, and confident and just felt right. So I did so much searching. And I just came back to that, to that word. I love it. You're so sweet. <laughs> One day, I hope I'll get to like, ask you more questions or something. You can ask me anything, anytime, seriously, anytime. We'll go for a glass of champs and talk the talk. <laughs> <laughs> talk the talk because God, there's talk. But yeah, I promise to do that. Deal? I think that if I could like leave with like one idea of like this business, I feel like I I always like struggle with like what I could do to like share my story because I I can't even tell you how many people like probably once a week I get an email that's like, how do I become you for like my store? I mean, for my school project or like, could Mm -hmm. I just ask you like, you know, like what your experience was? Like, I know that there's so many people dying to hear Mm -hmm. these stories and Nonetheless, I could never have each of these individual conversations. I always try to think about like what platform I could share like the true story with. Mm -hmm. And I think that one of the questions when we were discussing like what we would talk about was just like, what are your three pieces of advice? Mm -hmm. And I feel like if I could just share with the kiddos, I feel like the three things is like for me, which have really been like tried and true is like to be kind, you know, is that I think that when people let their ego change, like what their intention is, you know, these relationships with your team, with the showrooms, with the stores, with the designers, with your clients, with their assistants, like all of these relationships is what crafts your entire business, right? It crafts who you are, where you will go and what you will succeed with. And I just feel like sometimes people forget, they think that they're better than someone or that they're in a different position than someone. And like, we are all in a web working together and it would not be possible without each of those people. If the designers were making the clothes, if the showrooms weren't repping them, if the store associates weren't helping you, if the assistant wasn't scheduling the fitting, like we are all in this together and we have to treat everyone with like kindness and respect and like that, those relationships will lead to like your success in a genuine way. Like you can't, you have to really care from your heart if you don't, like it, it won't, it just won't be genuine. But when you really do care and you really find that respect for everyone, like that is so pivotal, I think, to success. I always say like, give everything. Go ahead. No, I want to, I want to comment on that because the best of the best are always the kindest. And I can tell you that firsthand. I can tell you that. And your reputation is all you have to stand on in business. And it's people can see when you're not genuine, they can. And so Kindness is first and foremost, literally the most important thing you do in business. And it's treating the person at craft services, the person doing the lighting, the person at the person at the door. It doesn't matter. And people that think otherwise will never, ever, ever last in the business, especially today. In days of past, maybe you can be an asshole. You cannot be an asshole. You have to treat people with kindness, but genuine. And and first and foremost, and Peter Lindbergh, I have to tell you was the best example of that because he was the kindest, most brilliant photographer. And working with him was such a gift because the way that he talked to people, the way that he treated people, the, how gentle he was, how kind he was to every single person on set. No ego, yeah. nothing. And I tell anyone that will listen in any position that 
that's how you win. If you will last forever if you if you are good to people, everyone. Yeah, I mean, I walk off set and like I like tell the grit and like mm-hmm. the team. I'm like, good job today, you guys. Like you <laughs> killed it. Like, awesome totally. because. If it weren't them doing epic writing, like what is my fashion saying? You know, it, it's, it's true. It, everyone is so important. And I, I, I really like wholeheartedly believe that. And I'm glad you even brought off like, you know, the crafty, the behind the scenes people, like we're all in it together. There is no one, I don't care your following or what, there is no one more valuable on the set than anyone else. It's like, true. Except, except for the talent that we're all, we're all there yeah, for. Fair. <laughs> um, and then. I think like giving everything 110%, I feel like I can't tell you how many times I would like, it'd be the end of the day, the last or after like three days of like out and about. And I'd be like, oh, do I like need to go there? Like I have, I have my car is full to the top. Like, do I really need to go? And I can't tell you how many times it'd be the last stop. And that would be the look. Like, yeah, of course. And I'm like, thank God. Like I never gave up. I, I did everything over and above. And to what you were saying, your clients, like you gave them like you went over and above. And like, I know my clients know that I do that. I know that they know I'm thinking about them all the time that like, when I'm not on a job with them, I'm still thinking about them. And when I do a job, I like work from it from the moment they tell me to like the finish line. Like it's, it's so important because like every detail tells the whole story. And like, I always like leave no rock unturned. And then I think to what you just said about like your reputation, like it's the one thing you can't buy. And once that reputation like is gone, there's nothing you can do to fix it. And I think a lot of people think that this is some race and they think that because there's Instagram now that like there's this immediate satisfaction that like they can, like they should be at a certain place so fast. And it's like, it's a marathon and there is no one thing that will like get you to the end. You have to, you need every little step along the way because you learn from every step and everything that you do, you like learn so much from and everything you do is valuable. And I just think that you have to like give everything its full like experience because it will lead to something else. And you have to like understand the longevity of your career if you want a long career. Yep. Say yes. When say you yes. are coming up, say yes to everything. Everything. Yes. Everything. And <laughs> I think what's like so crazy is that um, there were so many times where I like wanted to quit or I wanted mm-hmm. to like stop because it was an incredibly different time. If you remember, all we had was a website, right? There was no oh, Instagram. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. if I went- I had a, a portfolio. <laughs> I remember having my printed out book that I would bring into an office. It was yes, true story. so different. And if I, I was so discouraged because I would go do something great, right? I would, I remember I was working with um, Douglas Kirtland, who was the last photographer to shoot Marilyn Monroe. We would do these incredible things together. I was shooting with, for, you know, I was so young and we were doing like Vanity Fair, but I had no one to show it to, right? I would do this amazing story and then there was no platform. It would be in a magazine. Great. Like someone would read the magazine, but there was no way to show anyone. Like, look what I'm doing and look what I'm capable of doing. So I had to grow my entire business by every time going on set and someone being like, this girl is so great. You should use her. This girl is so great. Try her. Uh-huh. And that's obviously what happened. Yep. And it would come from the publicist or the makeup person or the assistant, like everything went to something. But it took a really, really long time because there was no platform to show people what you could do. Yep. Whereas today, these little girlies are dressing themselves and they're like, you know, look, I'm a stylist, you know? Uh-huh. 
but it was such a long process and I had, it was really hard and I blood, sweat and tears. Like my husband was telling me these stories. Like, do you like, do you remember Like literally I checked everything myself and like checked in and out. Like I did everything myself, you know, like I literally grew this entire thing myself and I don't, I don't forget those things. And, and I think that a lot of people today like are racing and it's like, no, it will come. I promise you it will come. If you're, if you follow those steps, if you're a good person, if you give it a hundred percent, if you do business the right way, like if you say yes to every opportunity, like your pie will come. I promise. It's true. But you have, listen, I scream at every mountaintop. You got to do the work. You got to do yeah. the work. You got, you have to do the work. And that is the biggest problem with this generation right now. I'm sorry to generalize, but like it's across the board in every, in every industry. And I think to your point, because everyone's looking at highlight reels, right? On social media and you know, you still have to do the brick by brick. It can be faster than it was for us, but like it's just blood, sweat, and tears at the end of the day. And you have to do it that way because you learn from it. You grow from it. I was taping little taxi receipts and food receipts for like, for like a hundred thousand dollar wardrobe budgets. And I would turn in like a hundred pages of like Xerox paper on both sides with a glue stick of all my expenses. And Roger would help me because I suck at math and like, you know, amongst rolling rocks and shoes and like, you know, living in New York. And so you know, I think that those things are the things that shape you. So it's like, to your point, it's like I say to people coming up, it's like those like sort of war wounds are what what makes you really and it makes you grateful. <laughs> and I read this one quote. It was actually, I think, from like a painter or no, it was something that was like it was basically an artist and he was like he was justifying his rate. Right. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you're not paying for my rate for what I'm doing today and tomorrow. You're paying for everything I have learned along this entire way and everything that I'm going to like all of the knowledge that I have at this level to the table. So I feel like when it's like people at our level, I've been doing this for over 15 years. Like when you're asking for a certain rate, it's because like you have so much experience. Like if I know I need something, I know exactly where to get it, how to get it and the best version of it because I've done it so many times. And I feel like the younger people, when they like, think they should get the same rates as us. I am like, you, you, there are so many experiences that you've never been in that you won't even know how to handle Mm -hmm. that. Like, like have grace, have patience, like it will come, Mm -hmm. but it's, I have so many layers of like everything that I have, that I've experienced to be to where I am right now. It's the wisdom. It's the wisdom and the, I like to say the war wounds. (laughs) (laughs) For better, for better, for worse, but they're there. And I think it's what makes us. And I think it's, again, the same in any industry. And I think you have to, you have to put it in. And I, you know, again, the stars stand out and ultimately you stand out and you're crushing it and the girls know it and it's, and you love it and you love it and you're doing it and, and you're building mega with your mom, which is so beautiful. If you told me, like, you know, they say, like, where do you see yourself in five years? Like, <laughs> and I do think there's something so real, right? Because, like, the things that, like, I, I, if you told me they're my clients, I'd be like, you're crazy. <laughs> like, it was, it's a dream. 
I'm living this dream. And then on top of it, like I consult for this huge company that's incredibly exciting for me. I'm a creative director of this huge company that's exciting for me. And I Are we just allowed to say what it is or no? I am a fashion consultant for Sony Pictures. Amazing. And I am, just took on the role of creative director for Joe's Jeans. Amazing. I launched my jewelry brand and I have a dream styling business. And it's like, it's just so incredible because if you had asked me five years ago, I would say, I don't know. I know I, I would have said, I would love to creative direct for a brand and I would love to consult. Like those were, I thought the next step of things, like a bigger picture yep. project. And I have these bigger picture projects. So it's really incredible to like forecast and to like put your heart in something. And I don't think about it on the daily, but it probably like in the realm, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's funny because I don't know that I ever projected. And I think it's amazing to see that you kind of, you had that idea that that's what you wanted to do for the next step. And it happened. And I think it's also patience because it's also not saying tomorrow right? Yeah. You're saying in my five year, I hope to be doing this, right? Yeah. Yeah. So now I got to set my next five year. <laughs> I believe it's called manifesting. Right? I believe it's called manifesting. Uh, I'm trying this so far. I suck at it. I have to say. No, but it, I think it's like, it's things <laughs> that just like sink into your system. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not like you're pacing it. It's not like you're like this, like if you're looking for it, like it won't happen. It just like you like think about it and you say it, you feel it, and then you like go live it. And I just think that, you know, maybe it's working. It's working. <laughs> Danny, it's working. And you're a mama yeah. and you're married and it's all the things. I feel like you're living all the dreams. So pinch yourself no, now. Pinch know, yourself now so that you remember that you're living all the things and all the dreams. You know, what's also so interesting is that I don't, I think one of the other reasons of my success is that I don't think about it is that ever. I don't, I don't ever like, I've never changed. Like, you know, I don't wear makeup. I don't like, I, I wear flats. Like, or I, I like to wear heels. You're also just, like 5'10". So stop. yeah, like I just, like, I just, I'm so focused on like what I'm doing that I've never, I've never thought about the global. I've never thought about, I don't think about the clients that way. I just think like, this is my job and I need to go give it a hundred percent. And like, I don't, I've never changed in that respect. You can't, and I you can't. That, like, if you start thinking about it, right. You read the comments of this, you could psych yourself mm -hmm. out. Like you just have to stay like focus on what you're doing. And I, and I think that that's another reason why, like I've been able to just keep pushing is that because I don't think about it. I just like, I just stay focused on what I'm doing and like push to the next thing and keep, and just keep going, you know, you gotta just do it. You gotta live it. Yeah. You gotta be it. You gotta do it and don't overthink it. And, and, yeah. and to your point, I think, I don't know. I just, the only thing I could say to you is just recognize what's happening. Cause I never it's did. Hard. I never no, did. There's this thing called the imposter syndrome. Do you yes, know what that is? Yes. yes. I know it well. I know it well. And, and I think sometimes we all just feel like that and we're like, wait, what? And then people like, say these things too. You're like, huh? What? Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's very real. It's like very real. And I'm just like, wait, what? Like, you know, like, if, like I said, if you, if you told me this is my life, I wouldn't believe you. You know, I'm just. Well, you better believe it, honey. Because <laughs> you are climbing in fucking flats. But <laughs> you are in your mega jewelry and styling mega supermodels and actors and musicians and all the things and living all your wildest fucking dreams. So 
I'm happy for you and I love watching it and I'm happy I met you and I'm happy I got to talk to you today. And then we have to have like an offline. Yeah. This is one of those like pitch moments. I know that like you do this every day, but really for me, this means so much to like talk to you and to like, I'm like Rachel Zoe knows who I am type (laughs) feeling. I so swear. <laughs> I know who you are and I adore you and I love what you're doing and I'm so happy about it. And I have to be honest with you, for me to just see someone that loves it so much, like truthfully, not to sound like a mom, but like that actually fulfills me the most. And to, yeah. and to know that I had any part of that from the beginning is just makes me even, it makes me feel like so much is worth what I've been through. <laughs> not even it wasn't even oh like that's when street style started like all of that you know like listen it all happened the same time of this perfect storm of like the internet Mm -hmm. you know all all the the things in time you know and you were just at the crux of this like our business just changed and you were right there in the center of it well I love it and I adore you and I love your passion I see it coming out of your eyes and your skin and your smile but um, I'm just impressed with you. I love what you do. I love how you dress all the girls. I love your collaborations. And I'm excited to just continue to watch you fly and soar yeah. and do all the things. It's so good. And know that you have a friend on the sidelines over here. Okay, everyone, it's that time in the show when I answer two listener questions. So let's see what we have today. Okay, this is funny. Do you typically tailor all of your pants and jackets or do you wear things straight off the hanger? I definitely do tailor things for sure. Believe it or not, I'm incredibly lazy about it and I typically wait until like, you know, the day before I have to wear something. If it's for something visible, I'll get it tailored. But I more so tailor gowns for major events rather than my everyday clothes. And because I am, I just wear higher heels so that I don't have to have my pants. Truth. Yes. Yes. As a stylist for 100 years, I don't barely tailor my own clothes. Fun fact. Okay. What's your advice on listening to your instincts as a young person just starting my professional career when it's easier to be a people pleaser most of the time? That's a really, really good question and a very hard one to answer because I think as somebody starting out, you almost have to be a people pleaser. You really do when you are first starting out and learning, very often your opinions you have to keep to yourself and vent them to your safe person at home. You really have to respect and listen to the person that you're working and learning from and then know that if your instincts were right and you did the opposite based on what you were told to do, then just take it as a learning lesson and use it as your sort of inner arsenal of knowledge when you go out on your own or to your next job. But I do think that, you know, a big problem for the young generation starting out now is that they come in really thinking they know so much. And sometimes they very well do. But I think the last thing someone who is like a very seasoned veteran in a job wants to hear is like a 22-year-old sort of like shooting off their mouth about (laughs) what they think they should do. Now, that said, in the work environment that we are trying to nurture now, I know for me – 
all of my team, I love their opinions. I love their opinions and I value their opinions. And very often I really take what they say and I really use it and it really impacts my overall decision because it's a fresh perspective. It's a younger perspective. And quite frankly, I think we really need that, you know, because it is a new world and it's an, a new way of looking at things. And so I think that, that if you have a good boss, your boss will empower you and ask for your input. And whether they choose to take it or not, that's up to them. But trust me when I tell you, they will know if you added something valuable. They will know and they will remember. And so will you. So don't forget to submit your questions for next week's episode. All you have to do is DM us your questions to at Climbing in Heels pod on Instagram, and I might just answer your question. Thank you so much to Danny for being on the pod today. She is just the real deal. She's as genuine as it comes. And I have to tell you, For the first time in my life, I actually felt like I was talking to myself. It was actually really a bit surreal. Like the way she was answering questions, I literally felt like it was my answers. Like it was, it was actually a bit surreal for me to have this conversation, but I loved it so much because it's her passion is so genuine. Her work ethic is unparalleled. And, you know, I think so many of her points are so important because when your clients know how much they mean to you and how much you think about them when you're not on the clock, I think that really is what matters. And she works really, really, really hard. I really loved her takeaways about being kind, giving 110% and keeping your reputation solid gold. So don't forget to rate a review wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us out and I love reading them. So while you're at it, follow me on at Rachel Zoe and at Climbing in Heels Pod on Instagram for more updates on upcoming guest episodes and all things Curator. I'll see you next week. Mwah.